When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security, and together this Christmas we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome everybody to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that thinks that sleep at the weekends is overrated anyway. It's for the week. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely for the week. <laughs> if you go by this weekend, I am Lee, and over there is... I'm still Josh, yeah. Well, it's finally here, Josh. It's finally here. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, was, so I, I sounded really like... I sounded really kind of like... Uh, but no, I'm genuinely excited. The fucking World Cup has started. It's great. Um, rugby's on all the time, provided that all the time is before one o'clock in the afternoon. It's um, very nice to have everything out of the way and you can go and do a bit of, you know, go to home base and have an afternoon in it. It's like, okay, so you have to get up a little bit early, but like, at the absolute worst, I can tell my significant other that, you know, we, I'll have to stay until about half past one, you know? Yeah. And, and the rest of the day is, is, is ours to do with as we please. Indeed. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's a good... I mean, I'll be absolutely good, fucked and knackered God. and moaning the whole time because I'm so tired, but don't let that yeah, yeah. you too much. <laughs> no, it's it's a good gambit to sort of it's a good card to be able to play. I think for the uh, discerning rugby fan whose significant other is perhaps not as enamoured with the tournament as you are. That's right. Be your significant other male or female. We're not gendering this. Indeed, We're simply just Absolutely saying. Not. Right then, how do you get in touch with us, Josh? You get in touch with me at Twitter on yes. at Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud com on female to go a bit female. super nor- northern there. Female. What about you? 
No, that's your uh, watch. That's yeah, at Josh Gardner at Rugby Shoot Watch, rugbyshootwatch.com. Um, yes. Should we say hello to any new listeners that we've picked up because of your exploits? Never mind uh, my exploits on the Guardian. Oh, yeah. People are, what about you, star of afternoon television now? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was weird. I so mean, for those you don't know, Josh was on the BBC News Channel on Friday? Was yeah. It Saturday? Fucking eight, yeah, for fucking ages. It was like, that went, that, it felt like it went on for about two hours. In reality, it was about a five-minute interview, and but the, yes. What I noticed is they don't actually keep any of the live news shows on the iPlayer, so I couldn't even go back and find you, I don't think. Um, I, I haven't seen it. I don't know who I am. I don't know if it went well. Um <laughs> Well, yeah. well done you. I do love the fact that you captured... We did get a picture of your face on the telly. The caption did say presenter of the Blood and Mud Rugby podcast. Yeah. And she said it twice as well at the start. Of two, and unlike certain other radio slash broadcast things that um, their presenters invariably call us the Mud and Blood. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, yes. They they actually, actually in the classic BBC professionalism, yes. uh, read it and got it right. So fair play to her. Um, but yeah, that was weird, but good fun. And if you are, if for some reason you just you went, that bloke doesn't seem like he knows much of what he's talking about. I'm going to down, download their podcast. Um, hi, hello and everybody. Well, if you've joined us because of either me now being, we're going fucking well mainstream, aren't we? Me, honestly, you we are anti, you know, a major media outlet. Yeah, we can't I mean, pretend. what I will say is that five minutes of me on BBC News is the longest that I've ever broadcast without saying the word fuck. So. See, see what it just shows you can be done, so there's no excuse. Can be, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's how you get in touch with us. I am uh, Lee. I've already done that. Why am I doing that now? I don't know. There you go. The professionalism is gone already. It's because like, I raised the, the horrible spectre of me not swearing for five minutes. Yes, and the thought and of new listeners threw me all threw you right off. Threw me all out it's of kilter. Of course, the fact that the only reason that I can't I can manage to not swear is the threat of an Ofcom investigation. So, <laughs> please do not say anyway. Yes. So yeah. you, we're on yeah. Acast. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on podcast anywhere. Anywhere podcasts are sold, you will find us. We're also most importantly on Patreon.com/slash Blood and Mud. Thank you, everybody who's come along and paid an extra little bit of money to give us a bit of support and come into the Aled Brew Lounge. And, and, and as usual, I mean, you know, we love those people, of course we do, but we, we reserve a very special bit of love. The kind of love that buys them big padded cards on Valentine's Day, you know, that kind of thing, for the people who then decide to come into the VIP area of, the, of the, the VIP of the Aled Brew Lounge. And we've had these three coming this week, so I'd like to say a massive, massive thank you to pick these people now James Anderson, James Davis, and Ian Brown. I mean, those are all three famous people. James Adamson, not Anderson. Ah, oh, jeez. That was very good. The other two are, though. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, James Davis, he's got a lot of time to kill in between these can't World Cup any, games when he's any, not playing. Anywhere near those fucking squads, can he? Um, <laughs> uh, straight off the bat, we've got a player spotted, as we always do. Yes, straight off the bat, our new, our new closest and dearest friend, Ian Brown, who I've just mentioned. I'd, I'm assuming you're not that Ian Brown. <laughs> Oh, how that, good would it be if it was well, that not Ian that Brown? Good, I've got no interest in being friends with a real Ian Brown. So. Oh, me either, but it would just be really funny. Um, he sent a player spotted him via the, yes. pa- via the Patreon messaging service because Ooh. he's in the VIP lounge. You can do those things. He said, a short while after Munster won the Heineken Cup in 2008, woof, you're going mm. back there, Ian, 
I was walking to the entrance of the grocery store when I noticed a guy that looked to resemble Alan Quinlan walking out of the door carrying grocery bags. I was wearing my Munster jersey, so being the shy, self-conscious teenager that I was, I began to worry he might say something to me. I wanted to appear cool and make a casual, funny comment, but time was running out and I was not adequately prepared. As we approached each other, he nodded at me in an acknowledging way, perhaps as if to say he appreciated the support, but I immediately turned my head and kept walking. To this day, I am convinced he must have thought, doesn't even know who I am, the bandwagoning twat. <laughs> I don't think he did think that, Ian, let me tell you, because this is Alan Quinlan we're talking about. If he actually did think that, he would have just windpiped you outside of the supermarket without Absolutely, so much as a bag yeah. to leave. It's... It... <laughs> It's a, it's quite a thing though, isn't it? It's the, the to, to say you know I basically palmed off Alan Quinlan. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mugged I, off yeah. Alan Quinlan. Yeah. I mean, not many people have said that and lived. And that's why you're one of our closest friends, Ian, in the VIP Absolutely. land. That's why you're the kind of people that we like. So, if you do want to send us a player spotted, you can send it via the DMs. Mine are open, or you can send it leeabloodandmud.com, and we will pick it up and use it, or not. We have yeah. a lot. We're, we're, we're parking them up at the minute, so some of them are just too interesting. Some of them are too interesting. They do have to be quite yeah. mundane. That was quite mundane. I saw Alan Quinn yeah, and I ignored it. him. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would have liked the detail of what I'm assuming you're in Ireland there, Ian. Of what detail the uh, shop is. Yes, and Super indeed, value. The, yeah, the exact contents of Alan Quinlan's basket as well would have been yes. ideal. Now then, shall we talk about this this Rugby World Cup thing? that's happened oh has it started already yeah the Rugby World Cup is here <laughs> and so am I after my trip to the States last week of course yes you were uh, you basically got off the plane as the opening ceremony finished didn't you basically yeah yeah and then I was yeah. on the underground for about half an hour so missed the entire first half of the yeah. game a lot of people have been very complimentary about that opening ceremony I'm gutted I missed the opening ceremony because that's absolute prime snarky tweets Massively, Stop. I thought you know I mean? that's what I would have been just so, completely taking the piss out of it. All well, the I, that was the thing. I was sitting there, I was primed and ready to take the piss out of it. Right, and it was just sort of like, oh, it's all right, it's fine. It was it's short offensive. And quite good, wasn't it? Well, good. Well, short. It was short. And, it, was, it was short, and it was incredibly unmemorable in my opinion. There was, nobody was coming out of a giant rugby ball this time. There was no ridiculousness really. It was just all very sensible. Nothing particularly exciting or no, memorable. It was just in, a like, big, in a big tall hat, pretending to be at rugby school, none of that? No, none of that. No, it was just, yeah, it was all very logical and informative. You know? It I was, mean, you know, this country's had enough of that kind of stuff, as, as, as we've was, learned. tired of experts. Um, but yeah, I, I thought... I, it, it Maybe some people liked that, some people enjoyed it. I just thought it was a bit sort of like... I like a bit of madness in my opening ceremonies. I like them being weird. If it had been actual madness in the opening ceremonies, now that would be all over that. Baggy trousers in Gank. Japanese. Thank yeah. you very much. Skanking out of that fake mountain. From <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm quite dedicated to rugby and I'm happy to re-watch things to make sure I'm up to speed. I did not re-watch the opening ceremony. I will not go that far. I'm sorry. No, there's only, there's only so much, you know, if you're not being actually paid money to do it, I don't think you should voluntarily watch a Bilbo Mons speech if at all possible, you know. <laughs> Big he looks so comfortable, doesn't he, when he's up there doing those things. Absolutely. So much charisma. Yeah. Charisma as... Uh, Wee! 
he just pissed off because he had to move away from his raspberry ripple ice cream again, didn't he? Basically, <laughs> he did look. He did look like he'd been literally torn away from the buffet. Now then, shall we talk about Japan Russia? Do we want to talk yeah. about all the games from this weekend, or are we just going to dip uh, in? I mean, we could, I think we can dip in and out, can't we? Russia weren't um, as bad as you said they were going to be. You're wrong. Well, no, I, don't, I think it's it. To be honest with you, this whole weekend basically demonstrated, as we said at the time, but quite emphatically, that warm-up games do mean the fuckest of fuck all, because you know Russia lost to Jersey at home like three weeks ago while fucking Japan were out there playing porno rugby. Mm. And, yeah, you know, it just shows the the form book, all of that stuff, stats, any other metric that you can really think about doesn't really count once the tournament actually kicks in because it does weird things. And Russia looked a hundred times better than any of the performances I've seen them in the warm-up games. Japan looked about a hundred times worse. It was, you know, it was clear, you know, still men and boys stuff mm. broadly in terms of rugby ability but it was not nearly as you know I thought that was going to be a 60-70 pointer and you know Russia gave a relatively decent account of themselves I thought Did you see Lynn, Lynn Jones in his coaching box like chewing gum and mugging for the camera like, yeah, a, big, like, like a bit of a prick <laughs> I feel like this for Lynn Jones has just turned into a sort of three week fucking lads holiday basically <laughs> You know, he's here to, he's here for a good time, not a long time, and he knows that. He's here to chin the Asahi <laughs> and have his best time possible. Yeah. And yeah, it, it it doesn't feel massively like he's taking it that seriously. Certainly not once the game starts. I'm sure he's taking it seriously. One, you know, in terms of training and everything. But like, I think he realizes that Russia are one of the most overmatched teams in this tournament, and. There's only really one way it's going to go, so fuck it, might as well enjoy himself. You do need a bit of yin, his kind of like dicking about yin to the yang, though, don't you, of like Eddie Jones and Michael Checker just losing the shit four I millimetres mean, away from the camera at all times. How boring. Like, people sort of, you know, I quite enjoy the Steve Hansen, Warren Gatland school of literally just sitting there looking and or dying, looking like Easter Island statues. <laughs> For the entire game I could not you be know. more fucking bored with what I'm watching yeah. is what they're facing I'd much rather that than like Checker and Eddie James just having fucking tantrums every time something goes wrong it's just like grow up lads for god's sake particularly Checker he's ridiculous yeah like anyway yeah but um, yes you, you do need a bit of light hearted yeah silliness to banter and I think Lynn's perfect for that Milton Haig was in quite good form for the well. He was, wasn't he? Yes. He was, I was enjoying it, yeah. Lynn Jones looks a little bit like a coach driver. 100%. Which I quite yeah. like, you know, it's a nice feeling. Yeah. Uh, so while we're in that group, do, do, do we want to jump to Scotland Island? <sighs> I mean... So we keep it contextual, you know, because yeah, we're pros. Ireland, Ireland have finally found their mojo, um, it seems. But Scotland are who I think in our World Cup we worried that this is what Scotland were. Yeah, Scott. Well, he said, "What do they do without Hamish Watson oh, in terms of God. carriers?" Oh, fucking no. <laughs> but we posed that very question, and the answer is: if you take Hamish Watson's dynamic ball carrying out of that Scotland team, they are a fucking shower of shit. 
and it was really horrible to watch, to be honest, as a new <laughs> to have no skin in that game, but just to want both teams to sort of play to their level. Ireland weren't even that good. They yeah, were like they were, a yeah. sort of six and a half, seven out of ten. But they, you know, the scoreline would suggest that it was a, you know, nines and tens across the board. But just Scotland were that bad. I got, you know, it was like Scotland with a mortar and Ireland with a pestle, basically, <laughs> for most of that game, weren't they? And it was, as you say, power. uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It was just power and power and power and power, which, you know, fair play to Ireland. They've they've rediscovered that edge and that physicality that they, they really seem to lose in the Six Nations. And they've been building it gradually back up to, you know, to the point where they looked, you know, very imposing in the second half of that final warm-up game against Wales. And they've just kicked straight on with it. And, yeah, it's gonna, they're going to take some stopping with their forwards playing as well and as aggressively as that. Because I mean, at one point, James Ryan, I think, James Ryan actually counter-rooked three Scottish people on his own. <laughs> Which I mean, that's just ridiculous. And yeah, actually, as good as James Ryan is, right, that is kind of, as good as James Ryan is, that is just kind of unforgivable, basically. Yeah, no, it is. Last thing, it's absolutely an indictment of Scotland's forwards that, you know, no one lock should be able to smash three of you off the ball. But I just, I don't know where it went wrong because Scotland seemed to be in such a positive trajectory at about, at about 12 months ago. And then the wheels just came I off. I think they didn't, Laidlaw, I was disappointed in Laidlaw. Well, I don't know, I don't know how it hangs together. It, I don't know why Laidlaw... the sensible one. Well, I don't know why Laidlaw didn't get hold of Finn Russell. And I'm not saying Finn Russell was doing anything particularly batshit and just say, look, we need to go through a number of phases a number <laughs> of times. That's all. You know, yeah. you know, like, like in NFL, you don't have to get all the, you don't have to get them all on the, on the one down, do you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can work your way up to the, 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 yeah. the your first down, your downs. And yeah, the longer we hold on to the ball and the longer that they have to defend, the, yeah. more, the less likely they are to score. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult because, they were, as we just said, they were getting smashed off the ball even when they were trying to take the ball in, but they that were. wouldn't have lasted forever. And I think what seemed to happen is the answer was they kept kicking the ball away poorly. I think they yeah. kicked like 60% of the ball away. And then when they did have the ball, it was that let's try and do it all on one phase thing. Mm. And there was like one point where, when was it when, when Tommy Seymour came off his wing to take that lovely intricate Oof. move and dropped yeah. it because it didn't work up. Yeah. But even if he caught it, basically Chris Farrell and somebody else were basically just waiting to absolutely, absolutely fucking yeah. marmalize him into next week, basically. So I, I'm not sure the outcome would have been that different, really. And I do think, and that is because, you know, you're not going to beat an Andy Farrell defense just running off first phase when you're not particularly confident no. either. It just doesn't make any no, sense. I think really. that's the thing. They were. They were running some of the patterns and the lines that they've used to great effect in the past, but there just wasn't that zip about Snap, it. There wasn't yeah. that. There wasn't that. You know, when Scotland's a potent in an attacking sense, is when they're fucking hitting those. They're coming onto the ball at absolute rocket pace. You know, hmm. they're really hitting the line at speed. They are, you know, running those patterns really, really confidently and really aggressively and. There was just none of that. It just looked so passive. I just, I really didn't understand it. It didn't seem like Scotland. And it's difficult, isn't it? Because you come back to then, is it? Is it just simply a question of you just don't believe in yourselves enough? 
which seems like a ridiculous thing yeah. to say, really, because they're very good players. And I'm not trying to be awful. But if you can't, they weren't running their weight. There's an no. issue. There's an issue about the fact that they don't have enough weight, and they can't. They mm. can't simply find a load of monsters. I know that. But there was nothing about that display that suggested that they can it. Well, I'm you know I'm sorry to be cliche, but the, the ticker didn't seem to be in it, quite frankly. Yeah, and and it's it's a it's a question that you've got to ask about this whole sort of thing about the Gregor Townsend situation and getting shot of Big Vern when they did, basically to make sure that Townsend didn't fuck off. And say what you like about Big Vern, he would not, like, Scotland's forwards didn't feel, they might not have played as nice rugby under Big Vern, but they were a nastier team under Big Vern. Well, they would have to have taken a blood oath, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah they to would attack literally attack at all yeah. times or something, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he got the best out of players like Richie Gray and Johnny Gray. You know, Johnny, what the fuck has happened to Johnny Gray? Yeah, the player like, formerly known as Johnny Gray, yeah. He's just an absolute shadow of himself. And, he's a, you know, he's got like 40, 50 caps now. Mm. There's no reason for a player of his, you know, he's in his mid-20s. He should be in the absolute prime of his career. And three or four years ago, he looked like he was a fucking lion in waiting, you know? Well, to the point at which he was, people were asking serious questions when he wasn't a lion. Yeah, and now you and you look at him and you go, well, that's why, because when it fucking comes to the crunch, he doesn't have anything. Well, certainly in this game, of, anyway. Yeah, this game, I mean, you know, over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months, he's just mm. he works hard, he really tries, but he just hasn't got that nasty edge that you need to be to be a really good international lock, and. You look at all through the forwards. There's, you know, there were players that were left out of that squad, that both the squad and the team that could have added some of that edge. I think, I think that Townsend did get the team selection a bit wrong in that regard. But like, or Blake Thompson, yeah. for example. Well, maybe yeah, but like, you think it's this is this felt like a sort of cumulative result of all the slightly worrying and discouraging things that. Have, sort of reared their heads from time to time with Scotland over the last sort of 12 months that have made you go, ooh, mm. this was a, this was all of that coming home to roost and it was not pretty at all. I mean, it, it was, it's difficult what comes first of Scotland being shit or Ireland playing well, you know. It's, mm-hmm. um, and I think Ireland did play very well. Absolutely, yeah. And, and in the forwards played very well. Conor Murray found his form again, just in time. He absolutely did. However, <laughs> being, a moment too soon. being sat in a fucking sedan chair for the best part of 80 minutes does help in finding your form, doesn't it? But uh... Yeah, and but then at the same time, that didn't help with, with Johnny Sexton, who's clearly unfit and injured and just wasn't anywhere near his best. And yet, it's, even though they had a fucking kicker, you know, a kicker mm. who could kick and a fly off and could barely run, they still, you know, comfortably, comfortably won. And it's... 27 it's points to three. Let's not, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's a... It's a and not dissimilar score to England-Tonga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, that's that's purely... De- you look at the forward... The, you know, the forward effort was fantastic. Particularly, you know, the two locks and the, the, the tight five as a whole, to be honest, were epically good. 
but yeah, I, I do, and, and I felt like they didn't really have to, like they worked hard for it, but they didn't have to be at their absolute best to do that, I felt. And I think there's more to come, which is what should be worrying for everybody, but equally a little bit damning. So that Scott. was going to be my next question, really, where do these two teams go from here? And I think the first thing is to say is, I, I agree with you, I think Ireland can only build from here. Andy Farrell probably slept very well oh. on Saturday night. when <laughs> Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had his Horlicks and lay himself down very content with his life mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Um, I, I, on the flip side of it, I do think that there's been some pretty, th- to use our term, thermonuclear takes about what this means oh, for yeah. Scotland. Oh, it was yeah. a really, really bad day at the office. We all know mm-hmm. they can have them, but let's yeah. not forget they can have a bad day in the office three times in the same game and have a very good day as well. So I think yeah. there's, you know, people talk about them not qualifying now and they should be shitting themselves about Japan. And I think that is way, way too um, oh, pessimistic yeah, think, and way too early to draw that conclusion. I think that's one thing that, like, I sort of wanted to, like, I'm not a lot, I, not a lot of podcasts will be doing this, but, like, I really want to not get sucked into the trap at this World Cup of, like, every team's last performance is like a definitive yeah how they're going the binary to binary analysis gambit <laughs> yeah and <laughs> because it's it's very it's so easy to get sucked into that and it's so easy to sort of look at scotland and go well that's scotland fuck now they're shit well no because they've still got brilliant players in that back line they've still got a decent pack of forwards they can still comfortably qualify for the knockout stages and even if they do get the all blacks you know they have shown over the last couple of years that they're capable of making the All Blacks very uncomfortable. But, uh, but, but finals for Scotland is par, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if they do get through to the quarterfinals, well, they will. I think they will get through to the quarterfinals. They will yeah, probably play New Zealand. They they'll probably play New Zealand. And they they will probably lose to New Zealand. And that will be about par. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't think you can really complain as a Scotland fan that no. that's what happened. But equally, they could turn up and play, you know, they might not beat New Zealand, but they could turn up and give New Zealand a massive scare because they've done so in the past. And, you know, every single one of these teams that played this weekend were playing their first game. And for some teams that went really well, for some teams that went really badly, and for most teams it went somewhere in between. And I just think it's such a compact tournament. This, You know, the games come so thick and so fast. Like, if you're making, as you say, the thermonuclear fucking hot take after one game. Well, there's another game in like four days' time where they'll get a chance to fucking Hmm. change the narrative entirely. And and because these games come so quick, the narrative will shift, you know. Wales played very well today and won. If they have an absolute stinker against Australia and lose on the weekend, then instantly, you know, this is the whole fucking complexion of Wales' tournament changes completely. And it goes from winning the group to, oh, are they even going to qualify? Oh, Fiji, blah, blah, blah. There's no time. <laughs> There's literally no time to make these sort of massive sweeping fucking statements about teams because another game's around the corner and it could all change again. Indeed. Saying that, let's, saying that, let's have some more new thermonuclear hot takes about other teams. England, bag of shit, can't pass. Oh, yeah. Can't pass. Can't catch. Hands like face. Honestly, <laughs> like... But, you know, if you were going to sort of make thermonuclear hot takes about off the back of one game, England were fucking terrible for most of that game, except when they were not. 
but they, they were perfectly again. What was funny is somebody somebody on Twitter today was saying, "Oh, you know what? You know the way people react to like social media last year, yesterday was saying England was shit, and then today they're saying Wales are brilliant and in charge of their group, even though effectively they both beat tier two opposition with a with a bonus point, and Wales England didn't, didn't concede any tries." I think that I'm not overly worried about England's performance at all, really. No, I wouldn't I'm not, be if I was an England fan. Like I'd be sort of annoyed that they didn't put down a bit more of a statement. Well, they played better but, in the last warm-up game. Yeah. And they, you know... <laughs> what would frustrate me, I think, is that Tonga were obviously of such a, a low level. You know, they they literally had a bloke who was working on the roofs a couple of weeks ago <laughs> playing for for God's sake, you know. And, they're, and, they're, and they're, they, uh, you know, their, key, their pivot plays for Doncaster. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and most of the players who could have made a difference for them were playing for other teams in this World Cup or are injured and playing for other teams in this World <laughs> Cup. You know, it's it's it, they're they're a, a very 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 limited team. I got on my high horse on the Guardian about the mm. fact that England starting fifteen, that the the number of caps in each team demonstrated the problem that Tonga have in that. England starting 15 had 600 and odd caps and, and Tonga's had 200 and odd. And like Kurt Marath, who was, who was now in his third World Cup and made his debut in 2009, has 37 caps compared to his opposite number, George Ford, who made his debut in 2014, hasn't played for England for about 12 months prior to this summer and has 50-something caps or 40-something caps. Yeah, nobody wants to play them. So even if you know, leaving aside how talented or not Tonga may be, they can have the best squad mm. in the world. But if you can't play enough games to get the requisite experience to actually build, because everyone accepts that's what you need. You need experience plus talent, don't you? And it yeah. is so so difficult. Having said that, I thought they played particularly. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't creating a single fucking thing. But they were organised no. and they were frustrated. They frustrated England a bit. And and it, it made me feel a little bit like England's game against Japan last autumn. Mm, yeah, Japan, yeah. I mean, Japan put more stuff through their hands and has more creativity than Tonga, but the frustrating thing that actually you knew it was always going to be a relatively comfortable win, it just didn't look particularly impressive. The sad no, thing for me is the, thing. To come back to, the marker thing, isn't it? Yeah. To come back to the Wales thing, the reason why it is different to Wales, because you look at Wales's first half, those first phase moves that Wales were running against Georgia... Mm. against a tier two team and scoring off every single one of them. There was none of yeah. that from England. And that's why it's different. England just kind of bullied, and there's nothing wrong with bullying your way. It's rugby for fuck's sake. But England just kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, bullied their way into just getting over the line eventually. And I would like to have seen something that shows to me that if we play Australia in the semis, yeah. or if yeah. we play you actually in the yeah. semis, that there's something I can hang my hat on. Having said yeah. that, when we did the preview last week, I said, that effectively playing these two teams first, not wanting to be disrespectful to the two teams we're playing first. Oh, it's brilliant. Is the perfect way to have a performance like that. Because <laughs> imagine if we were playing against that Argentina team or that yeah. France team or in the France, first game yeah, yeah. like that. I mean, we may, may have played better. Who knows? But the point is, is that if we'd have put that performance in against France, the, the France team from Saturday, that would have been a problem. I think a lot of the negative reaction around that England performance came from the fact that England have always been very good flat track bullies. Yes. Like England are used to racking up big scores against 
inferior teams because they 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 as a rule you know certainly over the last 10 or 15 years they've always had through a combination of physicality as you say and just bullying their way across and just being able to cut teams to inferior defensive teams to ribbons mm. to be honest they've always been good at smashing through teams well, like that and putting 40 Italy, 50 points still never lost exactly. that's a big yeah, example yeah that's yeah. the exam- yeah it's, it's exactly that and so I think a lot of people were expecting them to put down a real marker against Tonga, especially after sort of 20 minutes when Tonga's resistance basically kind of stopped. Yes. And England sort of looked like when they scored those two tries and then he thought, right, this could, this should be 50 or 60 now because they've worked it out. And the thing that was a little bit sort of vexing was that they didn't ever really work it out, maybe until the last five minutes when they suddenly started running riot and sort of looking like they could score at any moment. They didn't really sort of go, oh, well, this is obvious. Let's just do this. As you say, it was just kind of like smashing and smashing and smashing, and then eventually somebody misses a tackle or somebody misses their assignment and they go through. There was too much one-up rugby, too much one-man rugby. Mm-hmm. If you look at, I mean, England carried 654 metres to Tonga's 199. Tonga were doing nothing. So England yeah. carried for that amount of time, but it was very much just all one of you run it up, one of you run it up. There was nothing. Want, there was more There I was want, more shape. There was a lot more shape against Italy in that last warm-up and a lot more shape than mm. before, to be honest. You know, So that's a disappointing I thing. I wonder really. if there's a, an element of, and Wales certainly had this today, of... Coaches being incredibly tactical in how much of their attacking game plan they want to give away, because Wales clearly had spotted the one the sort of the fatal flaw in this Georgia defence is was passing off nine very flat to you know a thirteen or a, mm. a winger coming off his wing because they did that over and over again in the first half and they got like three tries out of it. But they didn't use anything else throughout the game. Like when it came into the second half, when Georgia sort of tightened up and realised that, Wales didn't suddenly go to a different attacking pattern or another different kind of set move. They just kept trying it or they kept just sort of trying to improvise. And it honestly felt to me watching Wales today that they went, right, that's the thing that's going to beat Georgia. Let's not do anything else that will give anything away before Australia because we need to keep our powder dry. And part of me did wonder if... Maybe Eddie just went, look, lads, you've got much better players. You're much bigger than they are. Don't worry too much about trying to do any of our play lovely sets. Play within yourselves, set. carry it up. Play within, yeah, play within yourselves, carry it up. Smash, smash, smash. Eventually, a tackle will be missed and you will score. Did you and hear Eddie Jones? Sorry, go on. There's some, you know, there's some savvy in that, if you're thinking long game. But it's it's this sort of thing that could be quite dangerous. You have to have a lot of confidence that your team are capable of beating this team with, you know, the most basic rugby patterns imaginable. But they did, so yeah. fair play. Did you hear Eddie Jones' interview after the game? When he the first no. thing he did was was say how proud he was of Tonga's performance and he was really pleased with it. It was really odd, this kind of sort of was, like Did he have a tiny little did he have a weird little goatee beard? <laughs> it was so weird. It was, uh, yeah. I can't work out. It was. He, he was. He, you never know with that. He was. He genuinely just trying to be. Yeah, they played really well, and you know, it just came across as quite patronising and weird to me. But it's very patronising to sort of pat your opponent on the head when you've just beaten them quite comprehensively. But part of me wonders if that was again a sort of slight deflection thing. 
of just being like, well, let's put all the praise on Tonga and yeah, say that probably. they played really well and let's not talk about how the fact that England were a bit stop-start and a bit inconsistent and a bit moribund for a lot of the game. But as, as you say, it could easily, or as I said, you know, it could easily be that they just want to keep their power. They've got two hard pool games potentially against Argentina and France. So you don't yeah. want to give too much away to early. You don't want to too early there. No. Certainly as both teams look not... I wouldn't say they look good. They look not shit. England? No, Argentina oh, and sorry. France. Just my final point before we move on. Yeah. The positive mm. for me, I think is what you've just said really, is that England looked about 30% interested mm. and still managed to get the job done perfectly fine. Absolutely, kind of yeah. what you just said. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. So sticking in that group then, I suppose it makes sense to go to France-Argentina, doesn't it? Which was fucking brilliant, by the Honestly, way. Honestly, just so much fun. Like, ah, uh, just so much. Loved it. Uh, like, it's every, it was everything that I wanted this game to be, in that it was mad. <laughs> yeah, bit it of quality was, in there. Madness. Yeah, it was, there were moments of brilliance. There were moments of absolute insanity. There was a lot of shambolic stuff going on, and then there was a big fight at the end. It was <laughs> just great. After the final whistle. When is the last time we've seen one of them? It's been so long. It doesn't happen. It's great. Yeah, and it was... Um, uh, before the game, they were doing the usual, you don't know what France is going to turn up, and I went on Twitter and said, yeah, you do, because they've just been fucking shit for like five yeah. years basically yeah. and then of course they had a brilliant first sort of half an hour and everyone was then tweeting me going oh well you know this is aged badly blah 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 blah." and actually no I, I think I didn't get my point across I was getting my point across that there's reasons to be optimistic about France in this tournament but it isn't because you never know which France is going to turn up no the reason to be optimistic the France, got, yeah. they've got a new coach the they've got some young up. players they've got yeah. a new halfback pairing so it all looks actually they've finally got a centre pair that looks worth its uh, weight in gold you know, and so on and so forth. So that's what I meant. However, even that first rampaging first 40 minutes where they were fucking all over the place and brilliant, there still wasn't much structure you could hang your hat onto in terms of oh, going deep into a all, tournament, no. was there? It, was, it wasn't the sort of sense that they were running patterns. No, they weren't building yeah. anything, were they? They weren't building anything. There was just, let somebody, somebody very talented does something impressive. And then everybody goes, oh, follow him. It's like they just and basically... try sometimes happens. They'd all chinned a litre of slush puppy before they went on. <laughs> and we're all just too bummed up, banged up on sugar and just went, ooh. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. This is the most fun France team in years. Yes. Like, 
they've got genuinely fun players everywhere and some Olympic level shit houses <laughs> in the forwards. And I'll say it before just... and I'll say it again. Itari is quite possibly my favourite player at the he's moment. Such an <laughs> he's such a wanker, but he's brilliant with he's it. Yeah. Horrible. And you mean you look at I mean that entire French pack really is just you know, it's full of pricks, isn't it? In in yeah, the, I was kind of I was, possible terms. I was kind of fed up when they brought Pickamold on. I was like, no. Oh. He's kind of, yeah. I know he's a bit stronger now, but he's kind of polite and normal and he pick him old. You want... Yeah, he's not like a rampaging lunatic or <laughs> sort of a, a weird terrier like it's real. When's Gabriel fit again? Bring him back on. <laughs> it's just, there's so much, like, there's, there is just so much weird in this French team that shouldn't quite work. Like that halfback pairing, I know it's, I know it's the fucking to lose halfback pairing but and they're talented in I that st- but yeah but I still don't think this sh- it should work at international level and yet it it kind of does <laughs> in a sort of sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't kind of way it's really it's just yeah it's just weird it's all weird but I'm really enjoying it you know back at tower all of a sudden looking like an international 13 somehow how did that happen I think there's just Wait, something about, about getting him on the ball, isn't there? Yeah. And that first half, let's be honest, if there was ever a half of rugby in 15s that was absolutely designed for his, <laughs> like, knee-breaker sidesteps and stuff, then it was that one, yeah. wasn't it? But then you look at somebody, you know, Pinot, for example, you oh. know, uh, the most game of two halves he games of two halves ever in that he was unplayable in the first half. He was everywhere. Mm. It was just give the lad the fucking player of the tournament gong now. And then in the second half, he literally just spent the entire 40 minutes giving away stupid penalties and not being in the right and place. about attempting a flying headbutt at a rug <laughs> and even missing that. That's probably my favourite thing of the weekend is him just sort of flying, squirrelling over the top of the rug for reasons that... I'd love, I just honestly like to just sit him down and just, what, <laughs> just with the video and just go... Damien, Damien, what, what are you trying to do here? Yeah, just just pause oh. it there, John, will you? Now, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Damien, when you're, when you're sort of up with both your legs and your arms sort of in the air as you attempt to hurdle the ruck and take out the nine, I mean, what did you think was going to happen there? Because... I just can't understand it. Like, it's like it even, great, if, though, yeah. even if he'd succeeded, he was still taking out the nine. Yeah, no, at no point all, everything about it, it was, was wrong. It was all yeah. mad, but I loved it. I also loved... You tried to do some incredible foul play and missed. Yeah. Everything about <laughs> it, it was wrong. Just ended up just sort of sitting on top of the rock in a weird way. And I loved Vahamina just being an absolute dickhead and just doing He's stupid things. He's definitely lost a bit of timber, hasn't he? He's definitely yes, more slender yeah. up top than he's been in quite yes, some time. But he, he's, he's still not got much up top either. <laughs> let's be honest. Just, he's guaranteed at least three stupid penalties is, a game. He and is thick as pig shit, bless him, isn't he? <laughs> in the second half, like some of his penalties were just like, come on, man. Like he, <laughs> we've, done, we've done a lot. We've had a lot of talk about betting before this World Cup. Oh yes. He's, are you, are you doing this for a syndicate? You know, it's like, why give that penalty away? You know, the one where he was just like 
literally in front of the ref just shoved an Argentine player and got a penalty and then shouted at him and got 10 yards for it. It's like, it's hard to believe these things are not intentional on some level because they're so fucking stupid. I will hold, but I love it. I will hold my hand up and say I've not seen, I don't think anybody really has seen a great deal of Charles Olivon before this tournament. Oh, Ooh, I like him. <laughs> I think I said on the tweet, there's a distinct cheesy stench of Olivier Magnier about this young man. And I, for one, am all fucking over it. Yeah. He... I, for one, will leave it in my car and eat it with some crackers later on. <laughs> and then on the Argentine side, you know, it's like they suddenly remembered, ah, yes, we have forwards and a scrum. We yes. can maybe use Oh, this. there was a couple of epic scrums in that, wasn't there? There really was. Oh, God, it was good. And, you know, it it wasn't the, the free-flowing batshit Argentina that we've come to enjoy. Oh, although oh, Sanchez did try, of... let's be honest. He really he did try tried. to bring that in. <laughs> He's so bad. Did you I'm see sorry. his cross kick that went about literally yes. about 20 metres into it's touch true. when it was the wrong option anyway? And there was it was just fucking insane. He is the handbrake around which all of their dreams are <laughs> stuck on on the drive. It's just there's there's almost yeah. nothing he does that helps. <laughs> Nicholas, mate, <laughs> mate, come on. Just be cool for once, will you? And then Edipaletta comes on and he's just like, Yeah, I'll fucking spank it over from anywhere, mate. Don't worry about it. I'm sensible as anything. It's like, no, let start that guy. What are you doing? Uh, but it was a uh, and then right down to the final game. drama, of course. Yeah, you know, and it was everything that you... It felt like the moment this World Cup really kind of caught fire, and it's good that it happened quite early doors, I think. Cabelli with Bobbins as well. If they had a half-back pairing, oh. <sighs> I mean... Where's Landacho gone? Has he just lost form? I think he has, hasn't he? I think ultimately <laughs> that we know that absolutely, absolutely nothing made sense about the squad that they picked. <laughs> so, you know. I think Landaco has been out of the picture for a little while, or he's, he, or he's at least only been yeah. on the bench for a little while. Um, yeah, glorious, glorious, glorious game. Mm. And as I said, uh, when you looked at the games that were going to really get make this World Cup come to life, it was it's always going to be that one. It was, yeah. well, it was certainly one of them. Yeah. Although Super Saturday did sort of live up for its to its name didn't it I mean this case Scotland was not brilliant that was Sunday it was that Sunday oh yeah um, <laughs> so that wasn't a yeah. problem that was fine yeah you know Australia Fiji was a great game if a, a highly contentious game and rightly so uh, from Fiji a were really standpoint. not fucking about at all for about a foot, no. half an hour were they and then well Australia kind of got transformed and Genia came on didn't they it's, I mean, it should be, it's both a massive encouragement for Australia and a terrifying, terrifying thought that Will Genia cannot go on forever. He's, an, he's, he's finishing, seven, isn't he, after the World yeah, Cup? Yeah, he's, he's 700 old. years old already, and he's done after this World Cup. But like, And their options are Phipps and that fucking cruel cavalry sergeant of the Civil War-looking motherfucker who, <laughs> who, who shamblified their entire first half. Yeah, and... You've got... Will is only 31. He's younger than me. I mean, it's... it's what a ridiculous... 700. You are 700, 700 years 50 old. years old, John. <laughs> but, yeah, he's the only thing that provides them with any kind of direction and structure, which should be alarming. 
but for the duration of this tournament, it absolutely shouldn't be. You know, it's and Fiji. Look, I mean, I'm really. I hope that I kind of, from a Wales point of view, I kind of don't. But from a, a sort of wanting rugby to be the winner point of view, I hope that Yato comes back and doesn't miss I any mean, game time because he was Wales, their best player. She was outstanding. Yeah, from a Wales point of view, I'd have had. If I was Welsh, I'd have had fucking nothing to worry about watching that game. Not to do too, much, mean, too much of a thermonuclear take, but basically I'd have looked at that and thought, well, if that's even if you two get better from this, I'm not fucking worried at all if I'm Welsh. I'm certainly, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I think that, <laughs> you never I could, would. You, would you? Could look at, you could look at that, no, I wouldn't. You could look at that game and go, yeah, I can see fairly serious flaws in both of these teams' games, and that flaw is called structure brackets any of it um i still think that the fact that both of these teams do play an unstructured game very well is something that could hurt wales quite badly um but if they stick to their game plan then yeah there's no reason why we can't win both games but it would make for a really fucking entertaining test match you know from i feel for fiji i feel like if they'd have been against 14 for some time as they probably should have been. The results maybe could have even been different, but ultimately I do think that they kind of just ran out of steam a little bit in 60 minutes, didn't they? And yeah. Yeah. The scoreline flattered Australia, I think, but it did a bit, but but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't flatter it didn't, how didn't dominant it? their kind of, their <laughs> yeah, playing yeah, of yeah. rugby was in the second yeah. half. You know what I mean? And I mean, rugby in the textbook sense. Yes, yeah. Actually playing something that resembles the game of rugby that you're coached to do, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was that. But I, I said, Wales, I wouldn't really worry too much about that. And then, of course, the, the final part of Super Saturday was New Zealand and South Africa. That was a big boy pants game. It was a big boy pants it? game. Let's be honest. It was one of those ones that after the first two, because the way they'd been, after half an hour, you're like, oh, this is not that. And then, of course, it was. It's just yeah. because, excuse me, the grown-ups have entered the room now. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely, it was. It was like, okay, you've got, you've had, pleasingly, sha- two pleasingly shambolic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stub that fag out, <laughs> and you will be tidying this up while we get on with being grown-ups. Yeah. Um, I really thought that the Springboks could do something for that first twenty minutes, where it seemed like. New Zealand just could not get a pass off because they the line. I don't think the I've ever smothering seen of the line such speed, psychotically good line speed. But isn't it amazing? But New Zealand they were went, knackered, and then but then New Zealand went. Yeah, I know what's going on here now, and just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just went. Oh, we'll just kick over the top of it. We yeah. are we are a learning animal, <laughs> so, and, and off we go. The um, and it it really was sort of like oh fuck. from an, an everyone else at this world. Not you know obviously from a a South Africa point of view, just watching New Zealand do that was depressing, I'm sure. But from an everyone else point of view, it was a, oh, no. <laughs> you know? yeah, are, you, are you still sticking it's with like, your evaluation, Josh? Oh, God. Some they people are having a go at us saying, oh, you said they were finishing. No, we didn't say that. We said they'll probably no, still I said win. they still probably but, win the World Cup. <laughs> what we said was, was that they are more get-attable than they have been for a little while, but they will probably yeah. still win. Yeah. And I, st- and I honestly think that they can't, they're unlikely, to, even when you look at it, they created literally 
all they did in that game was create the chances that they scored from and nothing else. You had a seven-minute soul splinter came quite early. It's yeah, normally yeah. around about 60 minutes, isn't it? And then they, they did it, and then they just went, right, lads, that'll do for the day. And I just think that, like, even with how brilliant they were in that seven minutes, it was seven minutes. Mm. And maybe they, you know, maybe they are that ridiculously clinical that they can turn it on like that, win a game, and then go back to sleep for the remaining 70 minutes. But... I do just think they need to be less. They need to create more if they want to beat South Africa. Definitely need to create more. I was really disappointed with South Africa's attacking game, to be honest, because I thought that they had a really nice. They looked like in the rugby championship, they had a really good balance between good forward play and scoring good tries and being quite an exciting backline. And they just didn't. Yeah, but the thing is, at least we know what the quarter. They'll be thinking, at least, look, lads, we know what the quarter final is now. We get to play against the emotional basket case that is <laughs> Ireland in a World Cup quarter final. So, you yeah. know, let's not worry too much. We get to play the, you know, mirror image of ourselves <laughs> in a sort of. Except we will not mentally yeah. crumble and yeah. end up in tears at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. I yeah, genuinely it's hope it's different for Ireland this time. You Me lovely too. Irish listeners out there, I genuinely do, you know. But there is something sort of ironic that Ireland are going to, the reward Ireland is going to get for likely topping this pool and looking dominant is playing against the team that is perhaps best suited in world rugby to be, to offset all of their strengths. Yes. But also all of their weaknesses as well. I'll come back to what we said in the preview. I still think that South Africa's midfield is frankly not good enough. I so, definitely think there's plenty of room to shuffle over the next, you know, they're realistically going to, you know, they'll batter everyone else in that pool. So oh God, yeah. they've got, they've got three games now to basically experiment and find a center partnership that actually can mix defense and attack. Cause yeah, there just wasn't enough when, especially when you've got a player like Pollard as the outside off, you know, a good player that he is, he is not exactly no. a, live wire and you need somebody outside him that's going to create a bit of that spark because Faf can't actually do everything God God knows he tries though doesn't he (laughs) absolutely was the thing it was like pure fucking Olympic standard fuck it I'll do it myself for a minute but you're just like nobody then okay well I'm going to run it and I'm going to kick it and I'm going to chase it and then Chesley Colby goes you have have a a minute Faf I'll take over for me I'll take over for me (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'll let them. I'll let them spe- spend two minutes chasing me around while they can't <laughs> tackle me because I just refuse to go down. How good is he in the air, by the way? Oh, it's an absolute remarkable. It's an absolute disgrace that wingers that are six foot five are somehow worse in the air than yeah. him. You got no excuses. Like, Even if you have fifty percent of his plyometrics, you should yeah, still do better than absolutely. That inexcusable and I refuse to accept anything else did you see that perfect. catch where he, where he caught that ball like velcro hands after he yeah. won big run he caught that like velcro handed catch and that was impressive enough in itself but then his body was completely out of shape and looked like he was about to fall over yeah. and yeah. he kind of like grease lightning sort of up, yeah. he stuck his left foot leg out like I don't know just like like, like they don't, what did he like a leg scissor the fastest you've ever seen and yeah. somehow righted himself in a space of about it's, 0.01 seconds while he was catching this control, ball. It was unbelievable. His body control is unlike any other player in world rugby. He is just... Yeah, he, he 
his body does things that other people's doesn't do, just in terms of like how good his core must be. Oh. To sort of, like, I mean, r- ridiculous. And because they're it's so like gymnastic strength, isn't it? Rugby players yeah. are very yeah, strong, gymna- but he has gymnastic strength, doesn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he really does. But uh, yeah, great game, fun game. And ultimately, <laughs> was it as dominant as the final score suggested? No. But that's what we've all got to work at when it comes to the rest of us for this World Cup because yeah. that's what the All Blacks can do with minimal ball and minimum trying. Yes, and you just well, you've got to find a way of stopping them scoring three tries, which they are yeah. pretty much eminently capable of doing yeah. at all times. And I do think that eventually, at some point in this pool, you know, Hansen's going to go, enough of this Richie Moanga experiment. Let's just stick the best fly that off. That was my next question. What, what do yeah. we think of, of Barrett at 15? Well, I think that he, people are like, oh, that's why you play him at 15. And it's like, what, you play him at 15 so that he can be first receiver? Or should you just play him at 10 and then get him on the ball much more? For me, Barrett was nowhere near as involved in the game as he would have been at 10. And, and when and, he was involved in the game, it was in a position that he would have been more involved at 10. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you're being very influential now, which is where you would be the whole fucking time yeah. if you were playing 10. So, yeah, I just think that it's playing Moanga at 10 and Barrett at 15 sort of creates two problems while trying to solve one, which is that Barrett's goal kicking is not good enough. Mm. Like, I would much rather have an iffy Bowden Barrett at 10 and play Ben Smith or mm. whoever you like. Because. Honestly, Ben Smith came on and it was just like, oh, yeah, he's still probably the best fullback in the world. Annoyingly, yeah. He just he just sort of came on and was like, yes, I'm going to glide now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It, uh, yeah, if... if I just... I think it's silly. I think people, particularly Kiwi fans, are sort of making proper sort of getting themselves in logical knots trying to justify it. But ultimately, it's just like, play the best player in the world at this best position, for God's sake. And put the other best player in the world in his best position. <laughs> yeah. Sort of the best, you know. And then have the, and then then have one of the best fly offs in the world to come off on the off the bench if things aren't going well. Yeah. Ta da. <laughs> so yeah. So that was that. Fantastic Saturday. Well, the best Saturdays I've ever had. Got up jet lagged yeah. at half five, don't regret a second of it. <laughs> no, um, and in terms, you know, it was build a super Saturday, and that's a dangerous thing. But it was fucking brilliant. I loved every minute of it. Uh Italy, Namibia, no one cares. No. Uh, I can't remember to talk about it and we haven't got the time. No. So let's move no. on. Um, Namibia, I will say Namibia gave a better account of themselves than I expected. <clears throat> That's all I'll say. Yes, and Italy still just looked like a fucking walking mental breakdown, basically. Yeah. Um, shall we just, before we finish on the games and move on to shit good, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about Wales? Yeah, I think it's interesting... Wales played very... Uh, I mean, two days of Stephen Jones apparently trumps 11 years of Rob Howley in the Wales-looking competition. That was going to be my question, right? We will never <laughs> we will we'll never, never know. know now, will we? We will never know whether all these lovely first-phase moves were yeah. Rob Howley's idea or whether that is what Wellies has done within 72 hours of turning up. Gatland insisted that these were all... like People were like, oh, he's playing some nice rugby. You know, so Stephen Jones here. <laughs> and Gatland was emphatic. He was like... Yeah, all of that was all of that attacking game plan was put in before he got here. I mean, the way it was moving suggests it must have been. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just been. it's just funny 
that Wales. It's nice been to see to it though, isn't it? Because Fairway's like, well, what, what you know, what the hell are you going to do? And then actually, within the first twenty minutes of the first World Cup, going to go, oh. <laughs> this was all. This was the plan all along, wasn't it? And yeah. there, there's definitely a, a sense that Wales have been playing their cards close to their chest for the last year. I think in terms of what they've been working on, because the stuff that was the patterns that were being run in that, you know, particularly the playing off nine thing, Wales have done zero of that mm. for the last twelve months, and they they played it as if they had been playing that way for years. And that, to me, says for the last, you know, at least at camp, if not before, Wales have been working on these moves mm. and they've just not been breaking them out because I guess, you know, the, all Gatlin cares about is the World Cup. But as good as that was and as good as the game was, Wales have got a fucking serious lock crisis brewing because Gatlin said after the game that they're going to decide tomorrow if Corey Hill's going home. And... Adam Beard is still unlikely to be recovered until probably the end of the group stage, if not the quarterfinals from his appendicitis, which means somebody's going to have to get on, get on a plane tomorrow. And it's just like, fucking hell, that's not good, is it? Stick Aaron Wayne right in there. There's nothing that lad can't do. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, part of me is really looking forward to presumably the inevitable Bradley Davis turning up and just being a smiling arsehole. And just starting against starting against Uruguay and just sort of enjoying having fights with all of these burly fucking Uruguayan lads who are basically painters and decorators most of the time. I think he, that's probably what he was born for on reflection. Yes. It's like, all right, Brad, uh, I just want to go out there and start some fights with some blokes that are probably not really up to playing professional rugby. Is that all right? Yeah, great. With a lad whose who's thumb's hurting because he hit it with an hammer in work the other day, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, really, you know, really positive from Wales. Definitely fell off in the second half, but I honestly think that they just thought, well, we've got the bonus point now. Why are we bothering? Let's all stay fit. And yeah, you know, it's as it's, it's positive a game as as Wales could have possibly had, to be honest. No, it doesn't look like any major injuries, you know. In testament to Georgia, they, you know, it's not inevitable. You just keep playing. You just keep winning like that, is it? You can't just keep running first phase moves yeah. unimpeded. And actually, no. you know, Georgia are far too proud to let fucking that happen. And yeah, they're not. They're, they're not, not a brilliant rugby team. team. But yeah, you know, they're, they're... Not a shit team either. No. most of these certainly most. You know, all of their forwards play in the top fourteen or in the Premiership. You know, it's not. They're not fucking monkeying about. And yeah, they they gave a good account of themselves in the second half. They showed that they have got the physical challenge and the set-piece game to cause, you know, not maybe not very good teams, but certainly the likes of Fiji in that group can be a bit sort of concerned about how strong they looked in that second half and how physical they were and how tenacious they were over the ball. But, yeah, you know... It's... Have, you ever, have you ever seen two different clashes of styles on an opposite number seven end in your life? <laughs> Just in Tipperick versus the... The, the the 50 year old shadow of Mamuka Gorgodza is quite <laughs> quite the uh, stylistic matchup, isn't it? Or anti matchup. I mean, at seven. this was like this was everybody that's sort of basically been bitching about Justin Tipperidge for the last like 12 months and saying that he's gone off the boil and he doesn't do anything interesting anymore. This was just him going, actually, lads, <laughs> when I feel like it. <laughs> yes. I am still 
absolutely ridiculous because he was just ridiculous, both in defence and in attack. He was everywhere. Lads, I feel like sometimes you forget that I am fucking mustard. <laughs> yeah, I could literally play in any of your positions probably better than you. All the time looking slightly gormless in a blue hat. His, I don't like his new blue hat. I, I haven't looked it's, in that detail. I'll be honest. I feel, I feel sorry that new, I haven't now. He's, but... got, he's got a new blue hat, and it's slightly rounder, and has slightly more of a crash helmet vibe, which right on on a on some level I profoundly enjoy because it sort of makes him look like a cosmonaut. <laughs> but, but it's not the same, you know. I think it's when he's married with that pestle that he's got as well, isn't it? It's just yeah. his nose is quite something else. Isn't it? Speaking as a man who knows quite a bit about large noses, he's uh... <laughs> But yeah, from a Wales point of view, great. You know, I couldn't have asked couldn't have for asked a, more. Yeah. A, a Slightly more better second half, I suppose. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was slightly annoyed in the second half that we didn't score more tries and that we conceded those two like we did. But in terms of undramatic opening games, I will take a 40-point win all the live long day. And I think the trouble when you empty your bench in games like that is when everyone comes <coughs> on and tries to go mad, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you know I mean? everyone Thomas tries Will- everyone Thomas tries Williams to... played really well, but he was like Sergio <laughs> level of fuck it, fuck it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> he was just like, I am running everything here, lads. You want to go quick tap, quick tap, quick tap? Yeah. That run he did was amazing it, though, where he stepped about I mean, three different yeah, people and then had the wherewithal to tip it over his head to uh yeah. I mean I genuinely He's Wales' best scrum half, and he should probably start. But never gonna happen. But yeah, no, yeah. When, particularly when put against the obvious moron tendencies of Gareth Davis that were well on display. But yeah, yeah it's 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 a good problem to have to have a, a that level of yeah. It was just a. It's weird that I'm so relaxed watching Wales, but like when we they scored after three minutes, I was just like, oh. This it's could been be one this of way since that Grand Slam game against Ireland, hasn't it? When it was all just so smooth and yeah. calm. And, and everyone, everyone's, yeah. everyone's still on this little river barge, just floating yeah. gently down the river. <laughs> I love that. I like Undramatic Wales games are my favourite because I can enjoy it, which I never can at any other moment. But Sean Edwards always says, I don't like Grand Slam finishes. So, yeah. <laughs> You'll be pissed off, by the way, those two oh, tries. Yeah. Of course he will. Default setting. Um, Right then, that's the games. Uh, Great. We look forward to even more. Um, Before we go on to shit good, let's just talk very quickly. They're very, very big on rugby values in this World Cup. A lot of respect going on. A lot of of pictures of people shaking hands. Respect between the two players. Um, So, you know, we all love love rugby values in this pod, don't we? Fucking mad for it. Yeah, we absolutely do. We love talking about it and we love the fact that it's, you know... That's what separates rugby. So yeah. we're going to do our rugby values moment of the week. Oh, yes. Brought to you by Enron. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> absolutely smack bang up to date reference there. Mm. Um, now, my rugby values moment of the week, showing everything that's good about rugby, was Aaron Smith screaming at the top of his fucking lungs at Jerome Garces <laughs> and waving his arms about like a fucking Jennifer Lopez backup dancer. Which Gar says did fuck all about. Which was great, yes. Um, my rugby values moment of the week is uh, Michael Checker claiming that Fiji citing, referring the Reese Hodge thing to the citing commissioner was against the values of rugby, <laughs> which 
is he's such a cunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> he really but is. Is there a bigger and prick? And it kind of turbos when it comes out of his mouth because of the way he speaks. Yeah. He's got the most awful voice, hasn't he? <laughs> it's just so disingenuous. It's so, like, oh, it's horrible. Like, like yeah, your player did something blatantly illegal and should have got a red card for it. And you have the temerity to have a go at Fiji for fucking... It's just... Uh. Yeah, what so, he actually said was... What he actually said was... Um, it's not in the spirit of the game. I don't find the way that they brought that referral in the spirit of the game at all, which is something you know from Fiji. I prefer they come up to me. And what? Are you going to fucking ban your own... I feel they come up to me and get in set with me if they're really upset about it, not talk to me in a nice friendly chatty way and then go behind your back and put in a referral I don't think I've ever referred anyone over my time bullshit um, <laughs> so yeah there you go that was our rugby values moments yes. of the week oh yes brought to you by the building contractors for the Qatar World Cup um, <laughs> so uh, shall we do shit good now uh, yes let's do that shit for me the, the coverage not ITV per se right not ITV per se, the host feed that they have to deal oh, with. Oh, really bad. So bad. It Some is actually, weird I'm assuming it's angles. the same people that do the feed from France, because that's often the same. Where you don't <laughs> you get be, to yeah. see a, a, a replay of the thing interesting. It's like the infringement or Cheslin Colby's run, for example. One of the greatest yes. rugby things that happened all weekend and they didn't put one single replay of it up. I, yeah, I'm not sure who's making the decisions in the director's box, but it was incredibly frustrating, to be honest. I don't know, yeah, the choreographer for Torval and Dean or something, I think, is making the... <laughs> Should we see that breakdown again? No, sir. No, Show the ball no, no, rolling no. slowly in the rain towards a post or something, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some excitable people in the crowd that are waving. Let's have a look at them in super, super slow-mo. Show a player yes. slapping the head of his, uh, his <sighs> colleague. Hate Fucking that. weird. Fucking hate that. Um, yeah, speak in the similar vein, actually, um, shit for me, it's just been just how much weird racism has gone on. <laughs> you mean the last English, <laughs> the last English samurai, for example? And not just that though. It's like everyone's at it. Like from ITV's weird Japanese bathhouse studio where they have to take their shoes off to go to one bit of it because it's, cause it's a dojo. Because it's a dojo. It's like everybody seems to have lost their fucking minds. And also, simultaneously showed how they know fuck all. Yeah, it's like they've gone for the most lazy cultural stereotypes. Can we just just build a studio that looks like fucking Mr. Miyagi's house from Karate Kid, right? Because that's basically how they all are, isn't it? That's how they all are. Am I going to paint a fence here? No, that was a different (laughs) film. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Like... It's just, yeah. I mean, S4C had that horrendous thing where they promoted that they did like a weird caricature where Jiffy was like a sort of an anime like character. Ming, he was like Ming the Merciless, but he had like a sort of weird. It was a horrendously racist. They put, they made Niger Geisha, which is both homophobic and racist, <laughs> and they made Sarah Elgin a weird sort of manga sex doll. And it's like, oh yeah, 
What? I'm half what expecting fucking thinking? Lawrence Delalio to turn up dressed as Fu Manchu for the semi-finals or something. He's not even Japanese, Ma- but that's no, a, the, the, that doesn't matter. That's the thing. It's it's just this. I mean, it's like I'm not saying that there's anything like particularly insidious about it, but it's just like you've. Yeah, it's not egregious, it's, is it? Got, it's just a bit silly. They've all just got so excited about it being in Japan that they've just gone for. They've just. Every lazy cultural stereotype that they can think of is just getting thrown at the screen or the page or anything. And they cannot help themselves. It's like, I can't help but think that they would not do this in Australia or South Africa mm. or. Well, well it's in France you next, know, so it, obviously there'll be loads of people on bicycles and fucking onions and shit. Well, they're obviously exactly it's that level, isn't it? I honestly think it's because most of these like broadcasters and such have never been, well, probably have never been to Japan before, and because it's you know the first time that a tournament has been held outside of the traditional nations. I honestly just feel like they've gone mad and they've gone. <laughs> they're so like bemused and excited by the fact that it's a totally different and totally alien culture yeah. to a lot of what rugby's used honestly, to. Honestly, boss, these gone. are the best ideas that we have. Honestly. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to have to go with then. It's so shit. It's so fucking shit. Uh, not as shit as Tom Brady's weird fucking support oh. message for the Springboks. Why? 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 Firstly, why? And secondly, why does he look like one of those robot sex dolls. <laughs> There's absolutely Tom nothing behind. Brady. I love it. There's nothing behind the eyes. Hey, man. don't give him any ideas. He'll be selling one for four grand next. <laughs> he's not. He's not averse to that. Is he? Yeah, it come, he comes wearing two hundred dollar fucking Under Armour athlete sleepwear. That <laughs> uh, was, was just one of the it's weirdest. Like, Tom, things, you're you know? married to a fucking supermodel and one of the best American footballers of all time. You don't need to do this. You don't yeah, need to also, do this. Also, Tom. Where is the, I mean, the, why is he supporting the Springboks? A, America have a team in the World Cup. <laughs> yes. So bizarre. Because I thought, well, hang on, is it his wife? No, because his wife's Brazilian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as, like, I was like, oh, maybe it's like a sponsorship thing. But no, he's like the face of Under Armour. If anything, he should be supporting Wales. Uh, now we get to why he's so upset. I am very, I'm, I'm salty as fuck about that. And he's called Brady to support Ireland, really. Yeah. He's a big Catholic lad as well, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't... It's just so weird. This World Cup has been so weird off the field. <laughs> it's like, been great, though, hasn't it? Brilliant. Genuine, like, really brilliant. Yeah, parts of it have been brilliant. Parts of it have been awful. All of it has been weird. <laughs> you know, that's another, what, like, that's six, what them Japanese are like, isn't it? You know? <laughs> oh. Terrible. Anyway, at least yeah. we haven't, they haven't broken Max Boyce out to sing that one song yet. So <laughs> they have broken the last English, the last English Samurai though, where in one scene they ended up looking like a Ku Klux Klan revival riding out across a field. Magnificent. I, I mean, mean that's not a cheap. That is not a cheap production make, either, is it? Though? Honestly, that I've sort of done some maths in my head, and I reckon that cost them easy six figures. Easy. To do that, with the amount of extras, the costuming, the settings, like they have spent hundreds of thousands of pounds to look a bit weird and <laughs> cultural appropriation and Farrell a little bit looks so fucking savory. stupid when it zoomed and in on yeah. his head. 
That's my favourite part. That's honestly my favourite part. I love it so much. Owen <laughs> Farrell zooming on his face, looking like he's in the fucking doll queue with a weird hat on. <laughs> but it's the this the op. I, mean, I, can't, I still can't believe the optics of somebody signing off on England players dressing like weird pseudo-racist Japanese stormtroopers was a good idea. Like, what is he actually trying to say? That? I don't, don't get know. that either. And then all the know. people who are dressed as Japanese people strip off into England shirts and they're not even Japanese. It's all just no. so very, very odd. It's... <laughs> It's just so weird. Like I said, everything about this tournament off the field is just... Everyone's taking leave of their, sense, their senses. What else and I cannot wait to see what the next six weeks brings in terms of more mentalness. Speaking of shit then, Gary Gorge got in touch. He said, shit is the made-for-TV respect glad-handing fake smile matey McMate face bullshit that passes for the coin toss. It's like, yeah, they really are fucking over-egging that, aren't they? Yeah, you flip the coin, you shake hands. That's what it's always been like. It's fine. It doesn't... <laughs> Actually, can we throw it more weirdness? Did you see Sam Warburton and Alfie um, passing... For a good five minutes, in the in the weird shoeless dojo, um, passing a baby oil covered ball back and forth between each other to see which one of them would drop it first. Oh yeah, because haven't Wales been covering the ball in baby oil in training? They have to try and make it slippy, which I mean is funny. Mm. But so Gareth, they got Gareth Anscombe to cover a ball in baby oil, and then they had they put Alfie and Warburton in sort of training shirts so that they wouldn't get baby oil on their ill-fitting jackets. And then they literally spent five minutes just passing it back and forth between each other over six feet standing still. And it just leads me to wonder if we're at that level of them running out of things to say before games. Where are we going to be by the final? I mean, someone's going to have to learn to juggle. It's going to be really good. They'll probably be making like a fucking dragon chain and dancing. <laughs> Again, not Japanese, <laughs> but doesn't matter. It's not Japanese, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Maryland oh, Chapo well. gets into it. Do you think he was like that episode of Friends? It's like, oh, you've been throwing this ball back and forth for a really long time. Let's just keep going. What if we covered it in baby oil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maryland Chapo gets it so she said shit is Elliot Daly how he continues to be England's 15 is beyond me he was flattered not fullback. Uh, he was so flat when Slade threw the pass and didn't come from deep at all I did love them having a really shitty argument after completely butchering that <laughs> and, let's, and, and I agree with you Maryland Chapo and I said this when I was because I covered this game for the Guardian I said that Daly fucking massively overran that Massively he's not a fullback, it. mate. He's just not a fullback. He's, he did throw that lovely, lovely long pass off his right hand, though. He's for a Johnny really Bay. talented player. He's definitely not a fullback. Like, it's hugely irritating to watch England stick Anthony Watson on the wing. Anthony Watson. And still play good. well, by the way. Yeah. And still play well. But Anthony Watson, good fullback. Elliot Daly, not a good fullback. Anthony Watson, good winger, very good winger. Elliot Daly, very good winger. Mm. Like, surely that's just... Just do a benefits easiest... and burns analysis of that and then make the decision. Well, yeah. for... It's just, it seems so obvious. And I think he'd be happier there as well because he wouldn't have so much sort of running around in the backfield to do. <sighs> anyway. 
Where's the Beef gets in touch and says that shit are the commentators of the Russia-Japan saying that the Russian Seven was confident enough to show up at the stadium in a fluffy white wig when it was actually a traditional hat from his region of Russia. It's lovely when play, they do some real in-depth research about that shit, isn't it? <laughs> it's how little they know about the opposition as well. The people mentioned this on Twitter. They don't care. They don't care, do they? I mean... I mean, to be fair, right, you watch football on Skype, people like Gary Neville, they actually give a shit and do some work. These fuckers yeah. just rock up and just roll out this trite bollocks, don't they? I mean, yeah. not so much Sam Warburton, but so many of them do it anyway. It, well, yeah, I mean, most of the people who are being employed by ITV for this World Cup do not do this week in, week out, let's be honest. Delalio or does, they, doesn't he? But even, yeah. Delalio does, and... You know, but Wilkinson basically is technically employed by Sky, but Sky get about four games a season. Mm. Sir Clive only ever turns up when England are playing for the BBC. You know, it's like none of these people seem to be that. There's nobody on this ITV panel that really seem to have done their homework that much. You know, I think it's, it's benefited players like Jamie Roberts and Sam and mm. stuff like that. Having a Wales the game to do, they to can talk be about what they need. The pundits, to be honest, I think. Even yeah, yeah. I, I think to be honest, to be fair to, to Jamie Roberts, actually, I thought he was very good today mm. in that he gave genuine insight into because he was in the Wales setup about you know mm. a year ago, so he knows exactly what's going on. I wonder if he would be quite as insightful about somebody else, or maybe he would. He's a very intelligent lad, but um. Shane is still bad. He's very bad, isn't he's he? He's really bad. I love Shane. I absolutely adore him. And he's kind of that. omnipresent. He's yeah, everywhere. He's, getting, he's on like he's loads getting, of He's promos. doing all the games. He's, he's doing all the games. He do, gets loads of promo work. He, you see him being interviewed on the touchline in association with fucking links or something because obviously it's a sideline <laughs> he's got. It's fucking weird. Um. Anyway, Tom Dare yeah. gets in touch. Hello, Tom. He says, shit is the number of knock-ons due purely and simply to the most basic technical error imaginable, not watching the ball into your hands. That's literally something they teach you at under-11s. Yeah. Um, I think, who yeah. was it? There's, there's an analyst guy, his name I can't remember now, um, who's very good. And he made the point that if you look at the origin, State of Origin Rugby League games this year, two of which were played in the pissing rain, there was something mm. like only about five handling errors across all three games. So there's yeah. absolutely no excuse. You know, sometimes you drop the ball, but there's no excuse to do England's level of fucking spunking the ball everywhere like they were doing. It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, what mm. else have we got that shit? Shelley Joyce, who is genuinely one of the oldest and dearest friends of, of this half of the podcast. Not just and she not because she's in Patreon, genuinely she is. She, <laughs> for, for a very long time. Um, she says, shit, is Argentina missing that last kick against France? Yes. She said, good, but she said that good was Ireland recovering some of the form, plus no Paloma Faith. Yes, I don't think that's been emphasised enough. That yeah, no that was one, the, the opening, one thing about the opening ceremony was that it had a genuinely quite moving rendition of World in Union, which I didn't think was possible. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I still every time I I wish I wish I wish ITV just didn't play it at the start of every fucking break. Yeah, true. You know, because I will hate that song with a passion that burns so strongly hey, by the end of this. Give it a minute; they'll have fucking turning Japanese by the vapors on and everything, won't they? The way it's going. 
I mean, well, that's what see you've already done that. You are joking. <laughs> No. S four C did a thing that uh, it was for Jonathan, of course. Um, they have the racist caricature. They also did a thing that was instantly deleted about two hours later, where they went into Cardiff and got a bunch of Welsh people to try and say Japanese words to the soundtrack of uh, "Turning Japanese." What the and then everyone went. Hell is wrong what, with people? what is wrong with everyone? Why has everyone just gone racist? I don't understand it. But anyway, that lasted about two hours and it got deleted as well because because people are just not thinking We've about. We've made this. a monstrous fuck up here, lads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny, but it's also really not funny. James Davis gets in touch and says that shit is ITV. For all the effort and the spending, their team has all the chemistry of a work team bu- team building away day at Norwich Co- Norwich Council with flip charts. It's true, actually. Yeah, it's, there's it's, not it's a really hard work in it. You don't see that sort of. You know how sometimes when you watch American sports and they have that sort of like enforced like camaraderie that seems awful between the like studio crew. I noticed when I was in America watching the NFL coverage that every channel has the same setup. It's hosted by a woman now. Yes. There's a really loud bloke in the middle who's yes. overexcited and there's a quiet analyst sort of bloke on the end. Yeah. That's, and that, that, that's weird, the template. Matey, we all get on vibe, <laughs> yeah. which is entirely fake. And I'd much rather they fake it than whatever <laughs> the hell ITV are doing. Some I'm of these surprised they didn't like just buy everybody in from BT. Which they have done a bit, yeah. haven't they? So you expect they, it to be well, better, but... Yeah, they've tried to sort of cherry-pick BBC and ITV, which is stupid, because they're... Uh, and BT, because, you know, they're rivals, basically, and a bit of Sky as well. It's like... But hey, maybe yeah, whisper yeah. it. Maybe Inverdale is the man who knits all this together, and him not oh, being there God. is the problem. i got to be honest, Pugac is quite bad. Yes. He's fine at football, but when you give him rugby to do, he is no good. Remember when Jim Rosenthal used to do it, the poor fucker? <laughs> Uh, Jim Rose telling Steve Smith trying to do like rugby bants and analysis <laughs> amazing um, Luke Knights gets in touch he says that shit is refs being co- is refs completely ignoring the offside line and the framework for red cards I don't want to go into refs too much because we it's it's had the arse kicked out of it on Twitter quite frankly absolutely it has yeah. but it's uh, yeah it's weird and it seemed to get a lot better on Sunday so I don't know whether there was a kind of official bollocking slipped under the hotel doors on Saturday night I don't know yeah, I wonder if that might have happened. Certainly, you know, I th- the, the rock is still a mess. The fact that the but rock at least is it was still a mess when it came in. Yeah, the, way the other stuff's weird because fact- they've been going dead hard in and really like tightening yeah, down yeah, on headed yeah. shots. Then that stopped happening. That's the weird thing. Rooks have been a mess for ages, and nobody knows the answer is. And actually, the other thing about the offside line, I said this on Twitter. It will do all of us. I'm talking to you, ladies and gentlemen, as well. Much better for our spiritual well-being if we just accept the fact that unless you defend your own line, the offside line isn't refed anymore. Yeah. And midfield short passes are no longer forward ever. Ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just if we, you but know, a honest, bit like feeding the scrum, in that Georgia that. game today, there was quite a few offsides. That it was really? almost like somebody had had a word. But... I saw the second half, and, I, but, and then I watched the highlights of the first half, so... Uh, what else have we got? Yeah, shit. strange. TAO Whiteboard says, shit is a Springbok midfield. Yes, I agree. No yeah. bash, no slash, no pass. Not even 2007 quality. <laughs> I'll, I'll reserve Scaling. judgment on that. Scaling. Before we move off shit, I've not mentioned it yet because I'm given an entire section dedicated to Scotland. 
Yeah. I mean, quickly we'll get where through do you these. start? Gregor Massey says, shit, Scotland, what a fucking mess of a performance. A complete explosion of shite, and now Hamish Watson's injured as well. Graham Love says, shite. <laughs> Graham Colvin says, Scotland is shit in every single facet. Ireland are big, powerful, stacked with shit houses, but Scotland shouldn't be getting bullied like that by anyone. Colin McBride says, shit, Scotland's kicking game. It was absolutely bobbins. Yeah. Roddy Mayer says, shit, eternal Scottish hope smashed by disappointment. Kyle Walsh says, you only need one shit, and that's Scotland. Mackay1402 says, shit, obviously Scotland. Max Trail says, shit, Scotland. Worst performance <laughs> at a World Cup ever. I'm assuming you mean by Scotland, Max, not ever by anybody. Oh, but by any team, in which case, However, yeah. however... Mm. Stuart Schiller finishes with a little bit more balance, I think. Shit. He said, the romanticism of Scottish fans who think that somehow Scottish players have no part in their own failures. He said, and good is Ireland. Scottish fans, blinded by self-pity, didn't notice that Ireland actually played the damn near perfect game. Not sure it was that good, Stuart. But I take your point that actually they they came up against a team playing very well when they were slightly misfiring. So everybody calm down. Everyone everyone can have one. Ireland as well, calm down. Everyone calm yeah. down. Everyone calm everyone calm down. Calm the fuck is down. Kind of, is, is, is the key Turn that music that we're down. trying to get through. Yeah. Everybody just calm the fuck down. It's only one game. Nobody's won to, the World Cup yet. Should we move on to good? Because we're, we're droning yeah. on a bit here now, aren't we? We are a bit, yeah. Good. Have you got any before I go on to Twitter? Uh yeah. I mean the usual suspects of good are. Um, I'm, can you tell me? Tell I'm filling because I've suddenly lost my window. That, uh, Do you want me to read one from Twitter while you while you all my together? No, it's right here. What am I doing? What's wrong with me? There we go. Um, good, uh, Rory Best, because you know what? Very I've good point. And the Island lineout, by the way. Yeah, I slated him a lot over the last couple of months, and sort of said that he was past it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For a 37-year-old to play that well and go the full 80 in a World Cup game is, you know, fucking incredibly good. Unfair play to him. Credit where it's due. Like, there's some life in him yet, clearly. Catherine Kavanagh says good was the all-out brawl at the end of France versus Argentina. She says, I know, I know, but who amongst us did not enjoy it? None of us. If you didn't enjoy that, I don't know what you're watching. Because let's be honest, nobody actually gets punched. We just like to see them all yeah. go in a bit. Nobody don't we? gets hurt. It's just yeah, it's just fun. I don't see the yeah. It was I loved it. More of that silliness, please. Roger Morris says good. Japan's hosting. Yes. yes. Uh, and gongs instead of hooters. Oh yes. Oh, That's I love that. So wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I also one thing I didn't enjoy, however, was. Literally first game, and oh look, the Japanese fans have cleaned up after themselves after the game. Hashtag rugby values. Fuck off, honestly. Um, just fuck off. But the thing is, the weird thing about because hooters have always been a thing in rugby league. The hooter is a big thing in rugby league, but it's never been in Europe. Yes, so it's not really the uh, gong. Hasn't the re- Southern Hemisphere? Yeah, is it? Oh, okay. But it, but it isn't. I mean, you get it in Super Rugby and you get it in the Rugby Championship, but yeah, in the I Northern Hemisphere, it doesn't never exist. Never noticed that. It is weird that like it hasn't caught on in rugby union. I don't know why. It seems like a really sensible thing to do. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Carl Cardiff gets in touch and says, "Good," and that it has to be this. Uh, Ted, there are twelve players in the All Blacks twenty-three who are making their rugby world cup debut, or if they come off the bench anyway, will make their rugby world cup debut. What would you be telling them to, to calm the nerves? 
but I don't think you can sell them anything, really. Um, they'll be shitting themselves, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Henry, former headmaster and avuncular figure, goes all potty mouth. <laughs> oh, I just... If Graham Henry has truly entered his not giving a fuck phase, then we're all in for I mean, a treat. Matt Dawson, in his book about the 2001 Lions, said that, you know, he was a terrible motivator, Graham Henry. I don't believe that, listening to that. How could that possibly yeah. be the case? And now you're all fucking shitting yourselves, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got none of this idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, what we've got, yeah. Thank you, Carl. Good. Bruce McConaughey says, good. Was, is Damien Penno going full Spider-Man? Oh, yes. Already talked oh, about yes. that, but wonderful stuff. Dave Price is good. Is watching eight games of rugby in four days. You know that really, honestly, that festival it, of rugby thing. I know it's a wanky thing to say, but it happens so little in rugby where it becomes part of the kind of national conversation, doesn't it? It's all yeah. over the papers, and even in the six days, it's not quite the same. It really is no, fucking it's not. lovely. It's great, and it's just you know, it's the particularly with the times that everything's on. You know, it's that sort of mid-morning sort of. You feel like you're in a special takes... little club, don't you? Yeah. Not when you go on Twitter, you go, yeah, only we're up at this time in the morning, aren't we? Sort of thing. You know, it's really lovely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love it. What else we got that's good? Ben F says, good is Scotland tricking everyone. This is, a, this is an interesting take. I like this, Ben. He says, Scotland tricking everyone and the bookies that they really are that shite. This is tournament tactical masterclass coming up, he says. <laughs> you go for it, Ben. We, I'm fucking with you. We shall see. Pete Cresswell says, is good, is that 10 minutes from New Zealand? Yes. Yes. And Nasi yes. Manu returning from cancer for Tonga. And Lili Afano as well, of course. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Richie Craven says, good, was Chris Farrell's no-look out-of-the-back pass in the army Oh, game? that was fucking pornographic. I <laughs> loved that. He said, it doesn't matter, it didn't lead to a try. In fact, I feel like a try would have cheapened it. It would have diluted its majesty. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Rich, that's why you listen to us, mate, because that is fucking exactly right. Exactly right. Shouldn't be a try. Try would just make it just <laughs> yeah. too obvious. Yeah. Um, Alex McKee says, Ian Henderson and James Ryan both looking like the one kid at school who hit puberty at 12 and battered everyone in sight <laughs> in, their ga- in their game against Scotland. That is kind of really what it was like, isn't it? Nice to see Ian yeah. Henderson back, actually. He's spluttered a bit, hasn't he, this year? Yeah, he's sort of come into himself. In a, in a sort of, oh, this is the player that you're actually meant to be a couple of years ago. Welcome back. Patricia says, good is seeing Guillem Garrado finally smiling in a post-match <laughs> interview. <laughs> he looks like he's lost a bit of weight as well. He's he does. very actually, slim yeah. line. To be honest, everyone's looking. I think it, it's a, a, a sort of testament to the conditions that this World Cup is going to be played in, in terms of how hot it's going to be that everybody looks like they've slimmed down quite a lot. Mm. Like, I was look, I was think, watching, when I was watching the Wales game earlier, I was thinking, fucking hell, George North looks like he's trimmed down. He looks lean. Like, he's still massive, obviously, but, like, the, all of that Wales team look slim compared to how they have been. And I thought the same with the Ireland team mm. and the England team. So I, I honestly feel like the they're not carrying the sort of timber that they'd normally carry because it's fucking 28 degrees and 70% humidity. You're insane if you're fucking... That is warm. You know, warm and unpleasant. That is horrible. I mean, some players don't have much choice in the matter. I'm looking at you, the Tonga front row. Um, but um, That's like trying to play 80 minutes sprinting in a shower, isn't it? Yeah, it's horrible. 
you know, poor bloody Ben Tamifuna. <laughs> like, him. he was fucking boiling. He's gone to see his eyes when he sat down yeah. at the sun's bench. Yeah. You're, you're he completely was gone. Absolutely done. Yeah. Uh, Ted Harding gets in touch and he says, Good is Takalua's epic calves. And also good is Takalua's kicking routine, which when you look at it, is basically a catwalk for showing off the aforementioned epic calves. Very <laughs> <laughs> true, Ted. Yeah. Never thought about that before. Steph frankly says good was Luke Pierce in the Wales Georgia game. Uh yeah, played very uh like I think he bottled it on the penalty try, but mm. other than that, I didn't really have any. She did say though that shit was the standard of all the other refereeing, to which small man Peaky countered. I thought Paul Williams had a good game in England versus Tonga. I agree. Yes, I, I thought so and actually, too. Wayne actually, Barnes yeah. showed you why Wayne Barnes is Wayne Barnes in the game that he played, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think there was some a lot of inconsistency this weekend, but I think that's just fucking rugby for you now, isn't it? You've got to. What I will say is, thank it. you to everybody who sent the shit goods in because I am telling you, we had fucking loads, probably yeah. the most you've ever had, which says a lot about the World Cup, I suppose, which is brilliant. But I couldn't use every one of them. In fact, I could hardly get through most of them. So, thank you very much. And if I've missed you, I probably did read it. I think I had a chance to copy and paste it across with all the time that I've. We have to get this stuff together. Mm. That is us. Unless is. we talk about, we're coming back on Thursday to cover the rest of the games this week and to talk about a preview of the weekend. In between yes. now and then, we have Russia versus Samoa tomorrow. Is that right? Tuesday? We do. Yeah. Well, I know we've got Fiji Uruguay on Wednesday because I'm covering it for the Garden Guardian Oof. at quarter past six in the bastard morning. So I imagine <laughs> there'll be plenty of people reading that. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be reading it for starters. Obviously, I'll get up something special for it. And then Thursday is England versus the USA. Interesting to see what England yeah. select, actually, for that, whether they yeah. uh, mix it and, up. Uh, yeah, and Italy Canada as well, which uh, hmm. should actually be quite a good game. Um, and it's then a day off Friday, no rugby Friday. What the fuck are we going to yeah. do? I don't know. We we'll probably have to do some work <laughs> in the morning. So... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we're back Thursday. We won't talk about the weekend because we're back Thursday to cover the rest of the weekend to talk about the weekend as well. Thank Indeed. you all for your patronage. Thank you for your listening and thank you for your contributions. Thank you for everything, really. Thank you, thank Josh. You for the, thank you for the music. Thank you for the music, the songs I'm singing. Thank you for all the Japanese disgracefulness that you're bringing. Um, thank you, Josh, most of all for being you and nobody else. Well, likewise. And, uh, we'll see you, yeah, see you. on Thursday. Ta-ra, everyone. <laughs> Bye. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. The pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming. Only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.